Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is an ABC podcast. Good plan, good plan. Who thought of this one? You're listening to the Out of Sanctum podcast. Here is a moment in time in the history of the AFL. In from the side, Houghton. She was surrounded by blue jumpers. Groundbreakers, history makers. Hello and welcome to the Outer Sanctum. We are so pleased to have your company as we live in what feels like a glitch in the matrix. Football and the decisions made by the league leaders were a huge part of this week's news and rightly or wrongly for our AFLW community, we're all preparing for finals. We're so glad to be here to try and make sense of where we're at and what it means as a footy community. I am Emma Race and I couldn't be surrounded by a better brains trust. I welcome to the Outer Sanctum my my football-loving lady friends. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. I'm Rana Hussain. I'm Julia Kiera. And good morning, it's Lucy Race here. And on the pots and pans, we've got... Tess Armstrong. G'day, gang. Hello. It's great to be here with you. How do you do? Girls, I actually want to ask straight off the bat, how have you kind of taken the footy news in light <laughs> of current situations this week, Rana? It's really been weird for me. So we've, from Richmond, have transitioned to working from home. Uh, but like everybody else, I've been sitting on the edge of my couch wondering whether the game would go ahead for the men's season and what would happen with AFLW and been really conflicted about it. It's, where, is it good for society? But also I love my footy and I want to watch more footy. So it's been a confusing week for me. The funny thing is that football often reflects society. Do you feel like it's doing that right now? Yeah, it, I've always felt that way but this time around it feels like it's actually doing the opposite of what everybody else is doing at the moment. Yeah so I watched the football last night but I didn't inhale. (laughs) (laughs) Julia how are you feeling about it? Yeah I feel pretty strange about it and we're getting mixed messages I guess from the AFL in terms of what they're planning with AFLW tapering off and then AFLM winding up and I understand the need for entertainment and so on but actually watching the AFLM games it didn't feel like escapism to me because you watch it and and the effect of COVID-19 is so visible but it look it did make me feel that this week has you know people that have listened to the show would know that you know I had cancer a few years ago and I did have a period of time where I had no immune system um and you know on on grand final day in 2017 I was admitted to my local emergency department and I waved my Peter Mac card and I I went in because I had a fever and I was seen by doctors and I spent 10 days in there with doctors trying to get an infection under control and it was so absolutely so scary Mm. you feel so vulnerable you have doctors saying they don't know how to help you and having no immune system just 
Yeah, it's it's not a place that I would envy. And I, I think, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of mixed messages and people need to be taking a bit more responsibility of looking after everyone in our community. I feel like there's this subconscious idea at the moment that some lives are worth more than others and that's false. Um, and we're not going to get through this period with that belief. We need to get through it with the belief that we're all equal and we're all in it together. That's an amazing perspective that you have, Julia. And it's um, a really salient one to think about people who do have low immunity or things that so outside of the footy bubble at this time. Lucy, what have you been thinking about it? Um, in some ways, my brain's a bit of a split screen at the moment because, you know, if I think about football, I am really struck by the fact that football doesn't feel the same without crowds. Mm -hmm. And I've always thought that fans are the custodians of the game. And I think we're seeing that played out. And I think that's a really interesting thing to, to really see. But when I think globally, I actually, I really don't think we should be playing football this weekend. And I think we should be doing everything that we can to prevent the spread of the virus. Um, I understand that there are massive financial ramifications about not playing football, but I think they're no different to the ramifications we're seeing in the art sector. And, you know, we're seeing so many different um, plays and musicals and ballets and comedy festivals closed down and that all has big financial ramifications as well and so I guess it's really tricky but if it's going to go ahead then I will continue to do what I can do individually and what we can do as the Outer Sanctum to try and I guess bring the community together. I think what we do know about football is that it's really really important in terms of bringing people together and making people feel like they've got somewhere to belong. I don't think we need a game for that to happen. I think the community of football continues even if we're not playing games. But at this point in time, I'm happy to throw all of my energy into trying to bring people together and hopefully make people smile and um, entertained. I acknowledge that it absolutely must have been a very tough decision about going ahead. And one of the things I'm not sure if people considered was that having a football game played in front of a stadium of no one is like showing a restaurant an empty restaurant no mm. one wants to go and eat in an empty restaurant it doesn't look it doesn't look great for the game even though i mean everything that you take on you know why it is the way that it is but it doesn't look right and it doesn't really sell the game either mm. so how long we have the games remains to be seen on today's show we will continue to interrogate the decision to play football this week because we speak to a doctor who's already in the trenches of COVID-19 here in Victoria we'll also take a moment with Melissa Hickey the Geelong captain who had just announced her retirement and we will ask Bulldogs coach Nathan Burke how this sudden end to his team's season has him feeling um, we'll also look ahead to the finals because there are finals this weekend and speak to the head of women's footy at the Gold Coast Suns Fiona McClarty as the Suns prepare to make history this weekend for that team and that club, which is extraordinary. What a week it has been. We're going to move across to the montage stylings of Tess Armstrong to give you a recap. Uh, there are very detailed discussions going on with Gil McLaughlin and his team at the AFL. They're going to have to confront some of these issues as well, whether they proceed and if they do proceed, uh, whether they can have fans. From the Gates' perspective, it's probably going to cost us the best part of $5 million if we don't play in front of crowds. So we think all the precautions have been taken and it and it was not an easy decision, but uh, in the end, the, the football community was, was stood behind the decision. Just like the world, this is not footy as we know it. The season starts here. Let's wait and see where it finishes. They have really big drops as well. <laughs> they sound like it, Hodgie. Never before have we heard rain on the roofs no. of the grandstands at the MCG because the crowd usually 
you'd see the rain, but you wouldn't actually hear it. Yeah, it was actually a lot of fun. I think it was a nice change that we could, um, you know, hear each other communicate. That certainly added a different element to the game. But uh, oh, look, to be honest, I think we're just happy to be out there and be playing footy when, you know, the alternatives might mean that we were, uh, you know, sitting on our sitting on our bums and, and not doing a whole heap. So yeah, it's certainly good to be out there and, um, and and great to get a win. Yeah, I suppose it's been a bit of a whirlwind. And then waking up on Monday morning, not really knowing what the week kind of had um, in store for us. So girls are pumped. Girls are excited. I think it's going to be a long year. Uh, the advice is so clear that, it, that it's appropriate for them to play if they want to get started and that's and they know that this is going to be a long journey. I have never seen anything like I've <laughs> witnessed last night. I felt like that if I cheered or yelled out, which everyone does when they go to the football, I felt like if I, oh, oh come on, I'm umpire, that the game would literally stop and everyone would turn around and look at me. <laughs> it, it was just an eerie silence. No one says it quite like Tess Armstrong in a montage. Thanks for that, Tessie. We've put the question out to you, how you feel about football being played in the current landscape, Lucy? Yes, so we've heard from Carol who says, I'm conflicted. I'm so grateful for the distraction, but honestly, they shouldn't be playing. To all the players, we are with you. Go Lions. So we know that there was a Brains Trust that was put together, a committee, a COVID committee at the AFL. They took two days to make a decision about whether football should go ahead. It consisted of Eddie Maguire, Andrew Pridham, Jeff Kennett, Peter Gordon, Gil McLaughlin. I can't see a woman's name here. No, there was no women on that. There was also no doctors. There was no medical staff. There was no health professionals. And so I was curious about how this decision could have been made uh, in light of not taking any medical advice. Well, maybe they took medical advice, but there was no one on that committee who has a health background. So I reached out to a friend of mine, Georgie. She's an anaesthetist in Melbourne and she is a footy fan. And we welcome Georgie to the Outer Sanctum. How are you, George? Hello. We're so pleased to have you on the Outer Sanctum. How does it feel to be a health professional or an anaesthetist right now? Yeah, it's a a crazy week for all of us, I know. But um, I think for us there is, as I just heard say, a a slightly different perspective. It it feels pretty scary, to be honest. It's pretty overwhelming. Um, I've been an anaesthetist for almost 20 years now, Em, if you can believe that. Um, And and, and we are are trained in managing crises. That's very much our will. We're not a group of people who overreact. But the reality of what's happening to us now, what's about to happen, uh, it's extremely worrying. And and we're preparing for that, practically, obviously, and, and I won't go into the details of that, but we're also preparing for it personally. Uh, the other thing that's been happening to me in recent weeks is I've worked many years overseas, know a lot of people working. In- so we are looking at these numbers and we're hearing stories from people, from personal anecdotes and also from official channels about the reality of what's about to hit. I don't know if you want me to just keep talking. You know what I'm like, I will. <laughs> but interrupt me if you want me to uh, stop. But the one grain of hope in all of this and the clear message that is coming from everyone, both people who are working in these epicentres and the World Health Organisation and also from our own Department of Health, is that the absolute most important thing that needs to be happening right now is reducing the spread of infection. That needs to be everybody's focus on an individual level, on a family level, on an organisational level. And I'm not going to get fired up about this, but I just think letting those boys play football is point blank wrong, you know, on every level of that. You know, our Department of Health is telling us 
quite rightly, we need to stay one and a half metres away from each other. We need to not touch our faces. We need to wash our hands regularly and certainly before we touch our faces. That meeting should have taken three minutes. You reflect that advice. Is it possible to do that with contact sport? No, we can't play football. Simple. You know, people either consciously or subconsciously are watching the condoning of doing stuff that we're being told not to do. You know, there are kids out there watching this. There are adults as well, of course, who consciously and subconsciously are thinking, oh, maybe it's not that important to do it. It is so important right now for people to understand how this virus spreads and to ensure that they do not do any of those things that increase the risk of spread. Nobody should be playing contact sport right now. You raise a really good point there, Georgie, and everyone has their responsibility to play in educating and promoting social distancing, and the AFL is not really doing that, and if they are, it's kind of in a weird hand-wringing kind of way. Thank you so much for giving us your views this morning, and we wish you just lots of love and best of luck um, in the trenches out there, and we thank you for the work that you do. That's Georgie. She's an anaesthetist in Melbourne and a footy fan, uh, Collingwood supporter, no less. We just got an SMS. Morning, ladies. Total shutdown does not necessarily control the virus. Look at Singapore. Follow the science. Also, take account of mental health problems total shutdown will cause from Paul in Warrigal. So that's one idea. And also, how can AFL and NFL and other footballers be allowed to play when we are supposed to be social distancing? Waiting to find a player who has contracted the disease before shutting down the game is like shutting the gate after the horses bolted. They are putting the rest of our society at risk. Regards, Gabby. How come gyms and rock climbing centres are still open? Also, you have to touch everything. Glance at Italy. That's what's coming to us from another SMS. So all some really good points there. It's hard It's hard to move on through that. And, um, of course, the Outer Sanctum is all about talking about the social as well as the football. And I just offer you, I have a little treat for you, which in times of crisis, I often lean on uh, comedy and Arrested Development. And I feel like the Arrested Development team have a little word of warning for us. With or without your help. No touching. How much clearer can I say there's always money in the banana stand? No touching. No touching. No touching. No touching. No touching. Who's been coming around? No touching. No touching. No touching. Give me a hair. Give pop up no your touching. hair. No touching. Hey, no touching. Hey. Give me the hair. Um, it's a very strict no touching policy here. But, um, oh, what the hell. I, I, it's worth a week in the hot box. No you touching. Stupid. No touching. No. Father in that banana stand. No touching. Kind of got my hands full with these babies. He's got bees. No bees. Oh. Send me back to prison. Or touching. I'm Sam Moston, and you're listening to The Outer Sanctum. Oh, Sam Moston was very, very good this week on Q&A. I wish she was leading our country. Can we vote for her? (laughs) She was so good. She was so good. You should follow her on Twitter. She's putting out some amazing stats and science and just a whole lot of sensible talk. We love you, Sam. Thank you so much. Uh, At the end of all footy seasons, we often see players retire. Usually we have a tiny bit of notice to make a banner, to make a flag to send them a tweet. Not this week. This week, a great of the game, a leader both on and off the field, Geelong captain Melissa Hickey announced her retirement. I'm still not recovered from it. We welcome Melissa to the Outer Sanctum. How are you, Mel? Good morning. I'm well, thanks. How are you all? Well, we're good, but you caught us by surprise. The season might have caught you by surprise. Were you ready to make your announcement? Yes, unfortunately, I 
um, I had a really sort of challenging pre-season and even the season just with, with my body. So I kind of, um, yeah, I guess for the first time ever, it started to enter my mind. And um, yeah, I think probably definitively knew maybe a couple of weeks ago and um, obviously thought I had a couple more weeks left to do it. And I had a bit of a fairy tale picture in my mind how it would happen. But, um, you know, obviously there's bigger things going on than um, than me and football. So it was just the right time to, to do it. Mel, it's Lucy here. I haven't recovered. I'm still <laughs> feeling quite sad. Um, but you wrote a beautiful letter to football on your Instagram page and that gave us a lot of insight into how much football's meant to you. I'm wondering if you've got one enduring memory. Is that um, is that too hard to ask you for one? <laughs> yeah, it probably is. Um, I guess, you know, particularly how my football journey's been, it really has felt like different phases. Obviously, down at Darabin um, feels like a, yeah, a really significant time and um, I've got so many beautiful memories and moments of, of playing there. And, and then my time at Melbourne was obviously really unique in that it was when AFLW was starting up. So that sort of feels like a, a different phase. And then um, I guess my time at Geelong has felt like its own sort of little thing as well. So I just feel I just feel so fortunate to have, mm-hmm. to have had the career that I have. And I've just had so many incredible opportunities and um, just the, the people I've got to meet and, and the things I've got to do. I'm, I just I guess that's been my overwhelming reflection the last couple of days is just how fortunate I have been. Mal, it's Rana here. I'm a bit sad as well because I've only just met you, really. I'm hoping you're still <laughs> around. Maybe we can have a coffee now. Um, I'm wondering, though, what is next for you? Yeah, well, it's really interesting. I guess, like a lot of people, um, you know, with what's happening um, in the world, it's a little bit of an uncertain time. And um, I guess in my mind, the, the transition was going to be straight into football and, you know, ideally as a development um, play development manager or a coach. Um, but I think, you know, just sort of looking at the landscape, that may not happen until towards the end of the year, which um, which is which is fine as well. But yeah, I'd love to stick around in football and um, yeah, probably Geelong would be my, my first preference, but I'm but I'm kind of open to looking at opportunities and I'm, I'm a bit of a, um, I guess a hippie in some ways that I trust the universe will send me an opportunity that, that will be the right one. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually really, really excited as to what the next phase looks like. I think um, you know, we're a really exciting time in women's sport and I'd love to continue on in it in, in some way. Hey, Hickey, it's Julia. Um, Hello, Julia. Hi, sweetheart. Look, <laughs> I had the... Falcon Defender. I know. We had the pleasure of playing alongside us, each other in the back line, although maybe I just stood near you while you punched the ball away. But, um, <laughs> look, Geelong season, you know, you had a... You didn't have the greatest start to the season, but it was, it was building towards the end there, and I imagine that the girls would have really liked a few more games to, you know, to see where you could get to and, and show the improvement that was coming along there. How are they feeling now? Now that it's just been kind of cut off? Oh, I think it's just, it was all a bit bizarre. Obviously, um, you know, during the week we, we had some chats with, with the um, Players Association and, and then we um, were kind of waiting to hear something and we trained Tuesday night and didn't really expect to do that and then we didn't really hear anything just through the day Wednesday, so we, we trained Wednesday night and it was, we were about to go into our last drill um, in, our, in our divisions and... Um, yeah, the coaches just kind of came out and said that they'd heard the news, so we, we stopped all contact drills because we didn't want any injuries to happen, and that was it. So it's all been, been a bit bizarre, and, um, yeah, we all kind of caught up last uh, Thursday night and had a bit of a, a get-together, and, um, yeah, I think people are just going to take a few days to process what that means for them and would have loved to have played a little bit more, but, um, yeah, obviously not to be the case. We are speaking to retired Geelong captain, recently retired, like momentsly retired. I know that's bad grammar. <laughs> Melissa Hickey. Mel, have you had, are you talking about having Mad Monday by webinar? 
Well, we kind of, I don't know if we're in this false sense, but I think if we've been allowed to train together, we think that we're the only people that are allowed to spend time together. So we've just been just doing the same and um, just all hanging out. But maybe that's what's going to have to happen maybe on Monday, yeah. Yeah, no touching. Uh, here's Rana with another question. <laughs> I'm just interested, Mal, in what you won't miss about footy. It's a tough job. I really want to know what you're happy to um, leave behind. There are a few things, to be honest. This morning I just went for a run and I didn't time it. I didn't measure the distance <laughs> and I, it was amazing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think just being able to, to move my body in, in a way that wants to now, I think I'm really looking forward to that and, I think when when you are an athlete, you you kind of particularly in season and pre season, you are a little bit, I guess, more highly strung. You're always a little bit on that that edge of, um, you know, everything's a little bit extra analysed of what you're eating and what you're doing and your sleep. So um, it's going to be nice just to to kick back and not have to sort of feel like you're on all the time. You deserve that, Mel. It's Tess here. I just wanted you are so loved amongst Geelong people and the D's people and the Falcons people. I'm trying to get them all in so no one gets crossed. But who do you see as the future leaders of that that group at Geelong that you're with at the moment? Oh, I mean, obviously Meg Mack um, is is the vice captain, and um, you know we've just seen her ability to transform her her football, and um, you know she's she's a really intelligent person. Has lots of great things to say. Um, you know, even the whole the whole leadership group that I've got to work with um, at Geelong are fantastic. I think Geordie Ivy really good for her to step up and give more opportunities. Um, you know, I just think you see when when someone does go, there's there's always so many people that then have to kind of fill that void and, and step up. So I have no doubt. Even you know, my younger teammates, people like Nina Morrison, and, and they're kind of leaders already. Um, you know, some of the support that I got from her throughout the preseason. You know, she was noticing things within me that that my older teammates weren't. So, um, yeah, I I don't have any any worries about that. Mel, it's Em here. Can I ask you a couple of uh, just quick-fire questions and you just say the first thing that comes into your mind? Um, Will you still do arm weights? (laughs) Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Will will you become a professional bird watcher? Um, I mean, I... I think no. <laughs> I think it sounded like yes. I think, are you looking forward to carving out a bit more time to go twitching? Yes, definitely. And will you play VFLW? No. So footy is over, over. Like that's, that yeah, ship has sailed. Yeah, it's just my, my body doesn't allow me to do what, what I want it to do anymore. And um, yeah, it's just not. It's just not feasible. <laughs> I, I was scraping the barrel as it was to kind of get through this season. So, Well, Mel, we I can't think of a greater accolade. I mean, you know, you can have your All-Australians, you can have your club best and fairest, you can be the captain of two clubs in the AFLW, you can be, you know, possession getters, all those kinds of things. I can't think of a greater accolade than to say to you that my Hawthorne heart fell in love with Geelong because of you. <laughs> wow. That's huge. It's massive. It's as big I, as your biceps. I understand the gravity of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will let you go and eat whatever you want and not do recovery and enjoy your life. And we look forward to you being a really important friend of the pod as time goes on. Thank you so much for your service to AFLW and to the Outer Sanctum. My life pleasure. And thank you to all of you for all your support of, of myself and, yeah, the Caps over the last couple of years. It's been amazing. Melissa Hickey there, the outgoing retired captain of the Geelong Cats. Lucy, are you with me that Mel, even though you're a little bit Hawthorne, you're a little bit Geelong? I'm 100% Mel and I, <laughs> I, I have yelled, go Cats, 
so many times this season and it makes my family really wonder what's happened. Mm. <laughs> I know, exactly. We've got an SMS here. AFL must set an example. Why are they special? Everyone's business is in crisis, not just the AFL. Mm. The AFL stop now. Lead by example from Tanya. Have you got one, Lou? I do. I have some messages on Twitter and says she has no interest in AFL or AFLW. It should all be shut down. This league should lead by example and they're not. One rule for one, yet another rule for others and people wonder why the population aren't listening. One unexpected um, situation in the COVID-19 era is that the AFLW season was cut completely short for Geelong, Adelaide, Richmond, St Kilda, West Coast and the Bulldogs who now bow out much earlier than they expected to discuss how you have Mad Monday via Skype, how you communicate this and lead at this time. We have, and I welcome to the Outer Sanctum, my dear friend, the Bulldogs coach, Nathan Burke. How are you, Berkey? Good morning, Emma and ladies. How are you? Well, we're well, but you must be pretty flat. Your Bulldogs were hitting some pretty amazing form. I thought they were going to beat the league leaders last weekend. That You must have been feeling like there was good signs and now it's all over. Yeah, you're right. We were we were building to something uh, pretty special. We were pretty keen to play the, the good teams at the end of the season. So we had Fremantle due to play North Melbourne this week and then and then the Giants, which is a, a big finish for us, but we're really gearing up to show what we can do. And then it all came to a screaming halt, which is <laughs> quite disappointing. Nathan, it's Lucy here. Wednesday night was really quite surreal and we were waiting for Gillan McLaughlin to communicate what would be happening with both the men's and the women's competition. What were your thoughts about how the information regarding the AFLW was delivered? Yeah, we were hoping to find out Tuesday night, uh, which is when we were told we would find out. And then right at the very end, we said, well, no, it's going to be tomorrow night. So we sat and well, actually, tomorrow day, we sat and waited and waited and waited. And, and poor old Debbie Lee, she was the conduit between the AFL and the coaching staff. And so there was a couple of other coaches who were getting a little bit antsy and saying, Deb, have you heard anything yet? Have you heard anything yet? And uh, poor Deb just kept coming back. I will tell you when I know. <laughs> and uh, it, it went through till obviously late in the night. But uh, once I heard, I did flick on the television and probably to my dismay, I didn't really hear anything else on the television. It was only from what Debbie was able to, to relay that um, we weren't playing and we weren't sure who else was playing. So, look, to be honest, the, the communication wasn't outstanding and probably I put that a lot of that down to the media outlets who very quickly jumped on the fact that the, the men were going to be playing four rounds, but uh, there wasn't much out there about what the AFL were doing. AFLW, I mean. Berkey, this is Rana. Um, I'm interested in your thoughts as well on the men's season because I think for some people at home, it might feel a bit like arrogance. Is, do, is it fair to say that there's a bit of arrogance in the decision or is it just an industry that's trying to stay afloat? Oh, I think it's, it's pretty much the, the latter. It's not really a lot of arrogance. Look, they, they have had enormous medical advice from the government and everywhere else and I dare say they wouldn't be risking anything too too great. Um, I I know what's been in place at the football clubs. Probably the safest place in the world to be right now is at a football club if you're a male AFLW, oh, sorry, AFL player. (laughs) Uh, It just rolls off the tongue now. (laughs) You and Sammy Uh, (laughs) J. It's probably the the safest place to be because the the, uh, evidence claim and and protocols are enormous. You're not really mixing with the, the general public. Um, you go home and then you go and play football. So, look, they, I'm sure they are taking all precautions. So, 
I, I also know the people within the clubs who are now being told, hey, you know what, you, you work from home and the next step is you don't work at all. Um, there is a lot of uncertainty amongst the, the football world and the people who work in the football world. So, um, look, if, if it doesn't make things worse then I think uh, it's, it's worth a try. We are speaking with Nathan Burke, the coach of the Bulldogs AFLW team. Julia? Hi, Berkey. It's Julia. Hi, Julia. Look, I, back to footy, was, you know, watching the Bulldogs and I was waiting with bated breath for you to finally play Nell Morris-Dalton, which you did last week. And I guess, uh, you know, knowing how the season tends to roll out, that, you know, newer players, especially when you're out of finals contention, get their chance in the later end of the season. And now that's not going to happen. So have you had an opportunity to kind of think about how you keep the football development going for those players? Or have you just, you know, we're just going into lockdown and that can wait till later? Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, You you feel for uh, players like Nell, who who finally got a chance, and she did really well, and she's you know, would have been rolling into this week and and keeping that momentum going. And you feel for players like Nikki Kellen, and who's pulled up stumps, and Nikki's on twenty four games. We know twenty five is a bit of a milestone with the women, so she's stranded on twenty four. She would have definitely been playing this week as well. So feel for those people. But in terms of development, we'll have our exit interviews next week. The the edict from the AFL is that they want the players to go on annual leave until May 31st. So we, we're not allowed to do anything formal with those players between now and May 31st. But as I said to them, I, I may just put out every now and again that I'm just going to arrive at a oval somewhere in Melbourne <laughs> with a bag of footballs and if you happen to be walking past, you can come over and have a kick. Because without the VFLW as well, we... we um, obviously need to keep developing the players and um, I, I left them with a message the other day of really they, they need to work out what the ideal footballer for them is, what does that look like in terms of fitness and strength and skills and we've got 30 weeks to build that before we start pre-season again and if you get to play BFLW in that time well great, if not well let's, let's work on that whole 30 weeks to make you the best you can be Berkey, it's Tess here, you've been Coaching, you've been you've been around for a while, but everyone can learn new tricks and everyone can develop. What did you learn this season that you you know didn't expect about yourself and your style? Um, yeah, good one, Tess. I I do I did come in with you know, preconceived ideas. This is what I want to do, and this is what I want to do. Um, some of it uh, worked, some of it uh, not so much. I, I absolutely learned from that. But um, um, what? specific thing can can I give you? Um, Some of the things that I didn't think were going to be issues, not really issues, but things that I had to spend time on ended up being things that I had to spend time on. My role as a strategic coach probably wasn't as as strong as as, as what I thought it was going to be because there was so much else going on. You've got 29 women with all different personalities and, and different expectations, and that takes up a lot of your time. And probably the, the hardest thing each week was telling the players. So when we picked the team, I actually rang the players who weren't in the team and told them why, and um, that was a draining experience every single week. So I, I began to not really like that part of the week. <laughs> um, at any stage, there was uh, tears from them and me and everyone, and it was <laughs> quite a emotional part of the week. So, uh, yeah, I think I need to get a little bit better at that as we move forward. Nathan, 
I have loved seeing you coach. I didn't get down enough to um, yell things from the sidelines at you, but I liked <laughs> seeing you get reprimanded from um, cruising up and down the boundary. How did that feel being told you need to stay put, please, coach? I, I did get in trouble a fair bit um, in only six rounds, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, the, the last comment was, we've got 32 coaches and you're the only one we have trouble with, which was, well, I thought that was good. I was, I was quite proud of that. Um, but the main thing was, look, I, if, if I did anything, I forced them to make rules because every week they, they come up with a new rule. So the last one was, if you have a headset on, you must stay in the box. You're not allowed to stand on grass with a headset on. Oh. So I just managed to take it on and off. And um, so pretty much every week I they, they brought in a new rule to try and curtail me. But, um, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I didn't really take a huge amount of notice to you. Can't wait to see the Nathan Burke rule entered into the AFLW rule book for 2021. Thank you so much for your service to the game this year. I'm sorry it didn't end the way that you could have ever imagined. We look forward to seeing you come back next year and thanks for sharing your time with the Outer Sanctum this morning, Berkey. No worries at all and, and good luck to all the teams who uh, are playing this weekend and uh, good luck for the finals for all of them. Hopefully they all do well. It's huge. Nathan Burke, the coach of the AFLW Bulldogs there. And he did just say the men's AFLW, which was delightful. <laughs> and if you haven't caught up with it, Sammy J on Breakfast on the ABC yesterday morning had this little perler to say. You're listening to The Outer Sanctum. And, of course, did you watch the footy last night? That's a question that we'll be answering and we'll be going over it in some detail because it was a weird, weird start to the AFLW men's season. But the season has indeed started. I'm Darcy Vessio and you're listening to the Outer Sanctum Podcast. We have been pumping up our socials on the Outer Sanctum and you can get involved on Instagram Live, Facebook and Twitter. We are trying to create an outer in the outer. <laughs> We're trying to <laughs> and make it friendly and kind and fun and uh, you should definitely join in the fun, especially during the games today because we can't get there to support on all of the players in the AFLW finals. While you're there, make sure you check out Darcy Vessio's um, Instagram stories and Instagram TV because she has done her own little version of Imagine. Lucy, have we got any tweets there? We do. And I do like that in times of adversity, sometimes, you know, what what do we say? Adversity is the mother of invention. Well, I don't think that's <laughs> what I don't think that's necessity. <laughs> necessity. Anyway, we have a tweet from somebody who texts in every week, Robert from Ramsden Street, and she has tweeted and said, I had to sign up to Twitter to comment today. Robin of Ramsden Street here. Julia, thanks so much for your comments. Stop footy. Thanks for having a doctor on. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to Twitter, Robin. You've now got all the whole um, pack of all of the social media really at your disposal. <laughs> exactly. Um, we've got some games, which seems surreal to say, uh, but we have some games actually really soon, around midday today, I think, Julia. We'll be seeing North with the Pies and Shani Layton. She's an in. Yes, yeah, supposedly had surgery on Monday to deal with a compound fracture, but she's in. So now we've got a, a new final structure. We've got the top four from each conferences playing now in knockout finals. So North versus Pies today at Princess Park, 12.40. This is an interesting kind of change because North, if they had finished atop their conference, would have had a double chance. They've kind of forfeited that double chance now, but they get to play the lowest ranked team in the opposite conference. So they're playing the Pies. Look, North have won the last five matches and will enter this game full of confidence. They boast 
a very classy midfield um, who they, they own the stoppages, but they can also kick a lot of goals mm. out of their midfield, which is so important. Jazzy Garner has, look, is she the most valuable player in the competition? Probably. She's a tall midfielder. She can take contested marks. She can kick goals. She's, she'll be very hard to stop. Uh, Bruton, Carney, Riddell around the feet of Emma King, Saad, Gillespie-Jones, all rotating through the ruck. That's pretty formidable. But we've seen from the Pies that when they're on, they can beat anyone. So I'm hoping that they they can really take it up to north today. Um, Jamie Lambert's playing out of her skin at the moment. Malloy, Benici, Bree Davey as well, such classy players. So they can take it up to North. I think North will get it done, but you never know. It's been a weird week, you know. Who, whoever can manage their anxiety the most <laughs> will, will get it done on, in football and in life, I think. And I think North won't let this go. They won't let it go. No. They have got they got so close and missed out last year mm. through weird circumstances. They're going to see this as their opportunity. I, I imagine that that's the kind of to- conversation that they'll be having in a sanctum. And not unlike the D's, Lucy. The D's, goodness me. So the D's, we all know the heartbreak that they haven't managed to play finals over the last few seasons. And often that's been as a result of, of percentage. It's actually a quirk of conferencing that GWS and Melbourne finished. So they finished on the same points. Melbourne had a higher percentage, but because GWS is second in conference A, they get the home final. It's history mm. for both of these clubs. Um, Melbourne had a really, I would call it a tough loss to Carlton last week in Alice Springs, and I imagine that match will have taken it out of them a bit. Unfortunately, and this was just devastating, they lost Sarah Lampard to another ACL injury, and that was gut-wrenching. It was Lampy's second one, and it was the fifth player for the Ds this year. Sinead Goldrick and Neve McAvoy have also gone home to Ireland, which is really understandable, and they are big outs because they've both been really instrumental and um, Goldie, especially her runoff half back. There's some key ins for Melbourne with Crystal Petrovsky making her AFLW debut. And I think you might have seen her on some of the social media dropping her rap rhymes. And she is a character. When you see Crystal, can you just say how Crystal is spelt? K R S T L. All I think. I think is can I buy a vowel? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but on the other side, you know, GWS have been a little bit patchy, but they're really finding their form and they're coming off two wins in a row. Alicia Eva, their captain, is set to return. So she had a foot injury. She's back. And with no spectators, her ability to coach on field is actually going to be extra valuable. So I don't know. I, for me, if Melbourne can kick accurately, I think they'll be too strong for the Giants, but I think this is going to be a great contest. It sure is. That Go one's days. that one's oh, sorry, um, at Giants. That? <laughs> that one is in New South Wales. That game. It doesn't really matter where they are because we can't get along. But they'll all. You'll be able to watch all of them, especially if you've got the app. The other one that's happening is the Dockers. And the history-making Suns runner. I know. The Suns are a bit the little engine that could. I'm very (laughs) excited for them. And as a team that, or working for a team that didn't quite make it this year, I'm quite excited for them. Freo are just phenomenal. And I... And and for the Suns, they're travelling. So I feel a bit, I do feel a little bit of nerds. I'm interested in what you guys think. But listen to this Freo forward line, Antonio Houghton, O'Sullivan, Duffy. I mean, Nuts. what are you, what That's are crazy. you doing that? What was, her, what was Houghton, by the way? Surrounded, Surrounded by, by blue jumpers. jumpers. Yeah, thank you. Yep. I was going to say, I feel like when you play Fremantle, it should just be called Meet the Antonios. 
That's a great spin-off show. Mm. You're looking for AFLW content. Look, there is some, I mean, like Julia said, there's a bit of a disadvantage for Freo because they did lose their double chance, but the advantage to them at home, they didn't end up having to play Melbourne or Carlton, which they were going to, which would have been a huge test for them. Um, They did play Western Bulldogs last week and they got really tested. So we don't know what that means. Roxy Rue is back. Um, But I think Gold Coast... Who knows? Like, they could just bring it. And they, they besides the game, they kind of don't have anything to lose. So, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about All it. they've got is history to make. And it gives us such great pleasure to welcome back to the Outer Sanctum. We spoke to her earlier in the season, the head of women's football at the Gold Coast Suns, Fiona McClarty. Welcome to the Outer Sanctum. Thank you for having me. It's a very exciting day. What an exciting day. And with the backdrop of this very strange time that we're living in, Fiona, how has the club got around you and celebrated this history-making moment? It's been a really interesting week. It's been fantastic and it's been fantastic for the whole club. There's actually some employees that have been at the club since the sun started. Uh, So they've been coming and talking to us and telling us how proud they are of our women's program, but also what a big day it is for the club uh, to be playing finals for the first time in the red and gold. It's Lucy here. It's so nice to talk to you, Fiona. When we spoke to you in round one, you told us that Queensland football is strong. Kalinda Howarth has caught my attention and I think everybody else's attention. Is she the illustration of this strength? She is, and Kalinda's come through the talent pathways. I've actually known Kalinda since she was about 14 years old, uh, playing local football on the Gold Coast, and she's come through the pathways uh, like a number of our other players have as well. And to have both Queensland teams, so Brisbane and Gold Coast, to be playing in the finals just shows how strong that Queensland footy is and all the work that AFL Queensland and everyone involved across the state has been putting in for the last few years. Is no crowds, is there a bit of a relief that there won't be any crowds? Does that kind of lower the pressure a little bit for you? Uh, no, um, we played last week with no clouds. I think when the girls are actually in the game, they don't notice as much. But obviously, after at the breaks and after a goal and things like that, they notice that. But we generate our own energy. So if you watched our game last week, you would have seen the way the girls celebrated all the little things that happened on the field and really tried to create that own energy and drive it within the team themselves. Uh, it would be interesting being in a different field today, being at Fremantle's home game. I think uh, it might be a bit more noticeable with no crowd there, but it's the same for everyone. It's the same for both teams. Hi, Fiona. It's Julia here. I feel the pressure's really on Frio. They're coming in unbeaten. And Gold Coast, you've played some great footy this year and you can kind of throw everything you've got at them. But the pressure really sits with Frio to to take advantage of of their home ground advantage. How do you think your girls are going to use that? It does. Look, we'll go back to what we've been focusing on every game throughout the season. So we've been talking about effort and intent and just bringing that to every contest during the game. And that's gotten us to where it is, to where we are now to be able to play in the finals. Um, Frio's obviously had a really good season. They haven't actually played second and third in their, in their conference, as we spoke about earlier. Um, so mm. it's a real opportunity. We think we've taken it to the top teams in our conference. We we took it to North Melbourne. Uh, obviously, we only went down to the Giants by a point and drew with Brisbane. So we know that we can go out there and compete, and that's what we'll, we'll be looking to do today. Fiona, Lucy again. Prior to Wednesday, you were meant to be playing Adelaide on Sunday. Now you're playing a day earlier and you're on the other side of the country. How do you actually get your head around this and let alone get the team ready for a final? Yes, our focus all week has been on controlling what we can control and working towards what we know. So we arrived back on Monday evening uh, from our last trip to Perth last weekend and we trained on Tuesday night. And Tuesday night, the messaging to the players and the staff was, we train tonight, we train Thursday night. At this stage, we're playing Adelaide on Sunday and we'll work towards that till we know any different. 
and actually worked out quite well that we trained on Thursday because when we turned up on Thursday, everyone knew what was happening, that we were coming across here and we were playing Frio and we could focus on that throughout our final training session. We are speaking with Fiona McLeody, the head of women's football at the Gold Coast Suns. There are so many things being thrown at you this week that you've never probably had to experience before. Are you talking, uh, is the AFLW team kind of secluded or pulled away from the men's team or is there crossover? Are you you, um, seeking support from the other side of the club? Yeah, as a club as a whole, we went through it um, probably almost two weeks ago, working through what strategies we'd put in place. Uh, so when we came back from Perth last week, we're really fortunate with the facilities we've got in the Ostworld Centre and Metricon Stadium. So our AFLW program relocated into Metricon Stadium just to provide that separation. Uh, we've actually sort of split our staff up as well. People that were working across dual programs are now physically allocated to one program. Um, so we have some people, we actually had one of our IT analysts actually um, talk, dialed in by FaceTime to our team meeting the other night to do some of our opposition analysis because he's been allocated to the men's program physically but still involved, still working on our program. And it's been great how everyone's been able to get to get through that. Fiona, you've spent a lot of time working for the AFL but now at a club. What does this mean to you personally to be part of a finals campaign at a club? Yeah, it's fantastic. And I consider myself a Gold Coaster. I've been based on the Gold Coast for the best part of 20 years now. And living through the whole... North Melbourne was coming, they're not coming. The Gold Coast getting their own team and seeing the whole community get behind it and then again build with the women's team coming through. It's, it's a really proud moment. And I was talking about it to someone yesterday and saying it'll probably you know, be a few weeks or even a couple of years before you sit back and realise what a momentous occasion it's been, not just for the club, but for the whole Gold Coast community. Fiona, we wish you the very best of luck. We thank you so much for joining us on game day. The game is 4.40 uh, local time here. I can't, I can't do a 60-minute calculator in my head to work out what time it is for you guys. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, very best of luck. Thank you so much for joining us. And we're just so excited. We've loved watching the Gold Coast Suns. So please send our support and thanks to all of your team for this season. I will. And thank you for all of your support across the season. Look forward to talking to you again in the future. We will speak to you next week when you've made it through to a grand final. <laughs> <laughs> That's Fiona McLarty from the Gold Coast Suns. It's interesting playing at Frio. Sounds like it might be a bit scary. Tess, you went and watched a game there. I did. I was in before we weren't travelling as a society. I went over to WA and got a chance to go and see the Dockers. They played the Lions, which was an amazing game that I got to see. And also I just... I'm so jealous people get to go to Frio Oval all the time and watch footy there. It is beautiful. I I would love to know from you lot because I'm barracking hard for the Dockers. I'm on the Docker train, which I have been. I was last season Isn't as it a well. Boat? I'm, but it's a um, it's a wharf. I'm on the wharf. <laughs> I'm on the wharf. Don't go on and... a cruise ship. <laughs> It's not a, no, not yeah, a cruise ship. No, if I'm allowed off, no I'm jokes. on the wharf. No jokes. But it was truly beautiful, and I did get really excited watching them. They are a super fun team to watch. Like Sabrina Duffy, I feel I get so excited about watching her play footy, like I haven't since I was a little I was a little kid. And after the game on that weekend, we we're walking around the fr- streets of Frio, and I saw her across the road, and I was like, Oh my god, it's Sabrina Duffy! <laughs> to my partner, who was like, Oh my god, get a grip! Like she's gonna know. Like, oh my god, should I go and say hi? Which I didn't. I wish I had. They, I think, they're my money. I think 
they're going to go all the way. Well, it's funny you should say that because I see your Frio train <laughs> and I raise you a blues train. This Hawthorne girl has Ooh. fallen hard. I, I love am, a blues train. I, I am <laughs> totally invested in the blues train. So I'm so invested, in fact, that I'm going to handball the match, <laughs> the match preview to Julia because I'll be too one-eyed. Julia, they meet the Lions tomorrow. Yes, they meet them tomorrow, Sunday, 10 past one at Princess Park. Uh, they finished second in Conference B, coming off a win in Alice Springs, which I was lucky enough to be at. How was that? Look, it was incredible. This being on this show affords me a media pass, so I was able to be in there. But I have to say that I think that no spectators means that Daniel Harford coaching from the bench is even more effective. I don't know if you watched the game, but in the last quarter, L- Laurent Brez- Is that a real question? Sorry. Sorry. The game. I, was, I don't know if you like football. Sorry. I was talking perhaps to our moment. listeners. Um <laughs> That Lauren Brazali made a run. She collects the ball on the mean and she makes a run to centre half forward. But it was being coached from the sidelines. Run, Braz, run, Braz, run, Braz. Um, and it was very clear. And I think that we're going to see some football that we wouldn't otherwise see if the coaches weren't right there on the bench able to coach from the sidelines. Anyway, it's an interesting thing. But to get to the actual game, Carlton will take in an unchanged lineup again. Um, the Lions started the season really well, but they've lost the last two games and you could argue that they haven't actually been able to put in a dominant performance against a team that was in form. So the challenge is for them to bring back that um, ag- aggressive attacking play that they had at the beginning of the season. Carlton have seemed to be building at the right time, although the time keeps changing. <laughs> so <laughs> The times, they are changing. Yeah. But look, they're young players, Prasparkas, Egan, McAvoy, Lulawifi. Oh, they, she's so Look, good. they're just incredible. Um, they've got a multi-pronged attack to goal. So look, it's on paper, it's for Carlton to lose. But as we know, these two teams have had some interesting history. There've been some cross-pollination with players moving back and forth. So it'll be a Spicy game tomorrow. It will be a spicy game and my little heart is racing out of my chest and somehow I'm able to compartmentalise what my head is saying and what my heart is saying. Is that just the weirdest thing? I did want to give a shout out though to another group of people in football who've definitely had to hang up the boots, so to speak, uh, the mascots. Those mascot suits would be absolutely ground zero for COVID-19 is what my assumption is. Think about all the people who've breathed in them, lived in them, sweat in them. They are going to have the weirdest trip to the dry cleaners. Could I grab the microphone and just have another shout out? So I just wanted to put out a little congratulations to our very own Emma Race, who this week came in at number 49 in Ash Brown's AFL Movers and Shapers list, which was lovely. And I, as her sister, can say this, what was really lovely was it wasn't just for her work behind a microphone and in front of a camera. It's actually also for her work off-field. Um, Emma does a lot of work in terms of advocacy and it was nice to see her recognised. And I thank you. It was nice to be on that list. I think we should write our own list. There was only nine of 50 uh, people on that list that were women and I could definitely name 25 amazing women that we... Uh, could recognise. So I think the Outer Sanctum should put together a list. Are you guys up for that? I mean, we're going to have a bit of time on our hands if we get locked in our houses. I mean, there's five sitting in the studio, right? (laughs) We're number one. Which mascot comes in at number one? Mm. Which mascot comes in at number one? The Daisy mascot. Which people on the list do you give a roll of toilet paper to? (laughs) 
<laughs> That's a big question. They're the big questions being asked. We are so glad that we were here today to have this conversation. We hope we served you well and we need to thank our guests to Georgie, Dr Georgie that is, Melissa Hickey, Nathan Burke and Fiona McClarty and to all of our supporters. We just love you so much. We hope we'll be back next week with more footy chat. Uh, you can catch us on all our socials. We're busily working away. Uh, Lucy Race will no doubt win an Academy Award for some of the videos <laughs> she's been doing. There's nothing else left to say then go footy imagine all the people living for today you